We open to the chaos of Horizon High. Students and faculty alike cluster the halls. Panel upon panel displays frightened crowds of costumed students rushing to flee the building while their teachers offer futile guidance. No amount of supervillain attack drills could have prepared the student body for the real thing. Our next panel focuses on a pair of double doors leading to the gym, students pouring out into the hallway after witnessing what befell Tyler Cadence. From above, a plump pumpkin crashes into the crowd's midst, knocking down several students. The crowd overwhelms and tramples William Wendell. Every panel in which he tries to pick himself up is followed by a panel of someone stepping on him, kicking him, or tumbling over him. A close-up on William's face shows bruising on his cheek, his face is red, and his eyes beginning to water. Thought bubbles that are almost lost within the crowd around him read, I was never meant to be a hero. I can't even stand up. Seraph's out there helping. Why, why can't I be strong enough to help too? Why, why can't I? As if isolated from the chaos, a scream interrupts William's thoughts. It's a voice he's never heard before. But at the same time, it's familiar. She's important. And although he has no idea why, he knows that he can't keep lying on the floor feeling sorry for himself. A light emanates through the glove on his right hand. He feels warmth around his finger. A disembodied speech bubble is shown next to him as he endures more trampling to pick himself up. Heroes, William Wendell, do not fight for themselves. Now, fully standing, William Wendell raises his right hand and basks in the warm glow from the ring on his finger. Heroes fight for others. The light consumes him, and in the brightness we see the outline of Little Miracle. Our final panel brings us to the night sky as we see a person, or rather what used to be a person, flying towards Horizon High. This creature's wings at one time had been angelic and white, but now are disheveled and stained in blood. And the only thing of importance to Pharaoh is the bright white glow emanating from within the school. Now that everyone is confirmed to be here... Oh, I'm out of fish. Oh, God, oh, there goes Seth. Whatever you do, don't eat your cat, okay? You can live without more food for the No, time. my cat's tuna. Oh, that's right. Ha. Sorry, I get all cats confused. Is it Lil Miracle or Little Miracle? Uh, but he's not a fucking rapper, so. Yeah, on his album, it's Lil Miracle. <laughs> like Lil Sebastian. Too soon, Daniel. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Ten years. I'm not. I'm still not over his death. Welcome to a Critically Accursed podcast, where the plot's made up and the roles don't matter. I'm your host, Sonic the Hedgehog, and joining me today are the Chaos Emeralds. Say hi, everyone. Twinkle, Seth. twinkle. Hi, everyone. Hi. Twinkle, twinkle. Sparkle. Keep going, Seth. There's more to the song. No, good fuck twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. Twinkle. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh he, did the, he did the motto. Yeah, great. Bit. Our, our fan base will love it. Oh, yeah. Welcome to now. Critically Accursed. 
Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Can't wait. They'll like that one. Yeah, they'll like that one in three to five months. Cool. Great. So, how is everyone? I'm doing good. Well, cat woke me up at 10.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Pretty good. Nice. I mean, you had to wake up by 11 o'clock anyways, so your cat alarm seems to have worked out well. Cat alarm is a great alarm, not gonna lie. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't have cats, but I can imagine having cats. Oh, you have cats, Chris. They're all just feral in your uh, (laughs) garage. Yeah, I do have a horde of cats living out of my garage. You are correct. They're Well, they're feral. Yeah, they have rabies and fleas, and they're mean. Even their fleas have rabies. Yeah, even their fleas have fleas. Even their fleas are mean. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. I can't wait to bulldoze the garage and remove their home. Oh, you build like a cool like patio back there? Could. Or a carport. No, Seth. A carport? (laughs) No. A deck. You could put like a deck back there. That'd be dope. Or, like, a landing pad for my helicopter. Oh, ooh, a gazebo. Oh. Put a gazebo back there. Oh, the gazebo could double as a landing pad. It could, it could. You could even put a boat back there. Yeah, now we're thinking. I could put a boat back there. You should that just would buy be a cool. toy boat and put it in the backyard. Just a, a deck that looks Hold like up. a pirate ship. You're welcome. Hold up. There you Hold go. Hold up. Ellen. Holding up. Ellen, say toy boat again. Toy boat? Okay. All right. All right. Good. Okay. <laughs> okay. What did Great. you think he said? You'll hear it next time, okay? When you when you edit this, you'll hear it. Oh, okay, cool. And then if it sounds funny, I'll just cut his first instance of saying that into his second instance, so it sounds really hilarious. A plus, good stuff. And then cut nice, out the explanation nice. of what we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, I, I did it once or twice. This. The man's a master at this point. <laughs> master. master. Yeah, master. okay, great. Well, uh, it's a ele- <laughs> It's eleven thirty on a Saturday. Why don't we uh, go around the table and why don't you guys tell me what you had for breakfast today? Starting with Seth, because he's at the bottom of the list. Yeah, great. Cool. Yeah. I started it by throwing some cheese on a tortilla, nuked that with some hot sauce, sat down at my computer to record and said, hey, it's lunchtime because a half hour had passed. And so I grabbed some (laughs) leftover uh, haddock French with some pasta. True story. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So that's brunch, basically, at that point, right? It sort of, of blended it together. smears together into my day's unimeal, where I never really stop eating. I just take breaks for breathing. God, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds about right. I've seen that Bonk. in real life. My lab mate this week was, um, he finally said, hey, you know, Seth, you're allowed to buy snacks for the lab, too. Um because, boy, do I eat everything he brings in and sticks in his desk. Seth. Trail mix, beer nuts, <laughs> cookies, chips. I'll, I'll help myself. So, no, not his pill cookies. Not his pill cookies. Those. Hey. Hi. I'm the one with pill cookies around here. <laughs> not if I eat them all first. <laughs> That's true. My pill cookie. <laughs> <Get> fucked. <laughs> Just how defeated, how fucking defeated he was. Oh, so defeated. Big time defeated. Oh, that was my pill cookie. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, yeah. So, Matt, what would you have for uh, breakfast? Today? Coffee. Nice. Like a large fuck off mug of coffee. Yeah, that's about it. I'm actually going to go make a second one here soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. I also had coffee and I could go for more, but I'm out at the moment of made coffee and I don't want to make more. So, hey, uh, Alex, if we can hear you now, you want to tell me what you ate today? I had a couple sips of water. <laughs> okay, we're just kind I'm of bread. riding this train downhill. Fuck you, water's the best drink. 
Yeah, well, you should also eat. Like, it's a too little close bit to lunchtime now. I mean, fine. I'm going to eat after we, we finish this. I guess. I got a chicken breast in there waiting. Okay. <laughs> Just waiting. Yeah, I didn't feel like eating <laughs> Pop Tarts. That's, you know, fair. It's okay. They're the pumpkin pie ones, so they're actually good. When don't you feel like eating Pop-Tarts? I don't understand. Right now, I just don't feel like having something sweet. Ah, uh, you're already sweet enough, ain't you? Ah, uh, no, you the one who's sweet as Yeah, honey. you are, bud. I'm going to cut that one off there, otherwise I will get inappropriate before noon. Can't get too lewd, huh? Before noon? Not before noon. It's illegal. It's true. It's not allowed. Mm-hmm. Hey, Danielle, I know you told us what you're eating before we hit the record button. Can you do it again since we've now hit the record button? I think I probably could. Um, okay, give it your best shot, champ. <laughs> I had a breakfast sandwich. Uh, it was egg, cheese, ham on an English muffin, and a Capri Sun. A Capri Sun. Capri Sun. With your breakfast. Well. Yep. Nice. We are adults. Oh, yeah, big time adults. <laughs> can't wait for some uh, mac and cheese and dinosaur chicken nuggies for dinner <laughs> i believe i don't know if you. that's a yeah i don't know if that's a joke or if that's like nah not tonight but like someday no honestly no i'm with danielle here i'm kind of in that mood i've been playing don't starve and one of the things you can make in there is honey nuggets and i'm like fuck i really want to buy some like chicken nuggets and make like a spicy honey sauce to go with it that'd be lit yeah that, that sounds That'd be good. really good. I get into that. Hey, uh, Alan. Oh, Seth. Fuck you, Alan. Seth, it's your turn again. What up? I wanted to skip Alan and ask you what you had for breakfast. Oh. Okay, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, what's up? Now it's me skipping people. Revenge! Damn! <laughs> Promoting yourself. God damn it. Cool, yeah. So for breakfast today, I had a granola bar and a cup of coffee. I was almost gonna have yogurt, but I was like, no. I'll have that for lunch. I am very interesting. But anyways, hey, uh, I know we skipped you originally, but Alan, we were just actually saving you for last. Tell me what you ate today. I had chocolate chip pancakes and half a pear. Why just half a pear? Because my girlfriend ate the other half. Oh, that makes total sense, actually. Okay, cool. Nice. Good. Good on you. (laughs) Finger guns. So, uh, yeah, I, I think now that everyone knows our eating habits <laughs> we can, and we're thoroughly warmed up, we can safely kick into this uh, tale of heroes and hormones. I won't eat because my microphone would pick it up and I don't want the microphone picking up me chomping down on a chicken breast. How loud do you chew chicken breast? No, the mic is just very sensitive. It's a very crunchy breast. Okay. Alex, I, I literally chew into the mic just to give these guys a little ASMR while they uh, edit. Yeah, enjoy that. Seth literally chews the mic. <laughs> and sometimes Catrick just pitches it off the table. Just like Danielle. I've only done that twice. Because Danielle. Only twice. As we established, is a cat. Is basically a cat. Yeah. Oh my God. She even likes behind the ear scratches. Cannon. Okay, who doesn't? One step too far. <laughs> we'll uh, backpedal on this and actually start playing the game then. Great. <laughs> Man, we left off last time with a lot of stuff going on. Lots of stuff. Oh boy. Like everyone has their own little story inside this much larger story. 
And where I would like to pick up today is opening our comic book to find a recharge in the secret base in the basement of Horizon High. Recharge has just entered the secret base and he had a short chat with a very tired looking Greg who has a new suit laid out on a workbench in the middle of the room. Is memory serves. I received a uh, a beep boop from Greg who said he needed to see me and we hadn't spoken in a long time. So I went down there. He had completely cleaned out the uh, secret base. No more trash, no more chips, no more cookies, no more, you know, any of that. Like still game controllers and stuff like that up on the wall, but they'd been dusted. Everything had been cleaned and he had a brand new suit waiting for me and said that he wanted to take this seriously. And he's definitely, like, where we open today, we uh, see just a kind of the framework, uh, establishing shots without any text bubbles or anything. I, I imagine of just, like, Greg on one side of the room, the suit between him and you and Recharge on the other side of the room. Like I said, he looks exhausted. And uh, the, the following panel just reiterates that one speech bubble from him. where He's looking Pep right in the eyes, saying, I am taking this seriously. And then the following panel, he collapses. Oh, shit. Um, I thought we established, like, Pep, like, picked up the helmet and was, like, looking at it, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, as, like, Pep is holding the helmet and Greg collapses, he will, like, kind of, like, drop the helmet and, like, catch Greg. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we get a, a shot of, like, the helmet hitting the uh, floor and then Pep in the background helping Greg or catching him before he hits the floor too. And Greg's out. Like he's not he's not dead. <laughs> he's obviously still breathing. It seems like he just passed out. Did he remove the mini fridge? No, no, there's still a mini fridge in here. Okay, okay. Then Pep's going to wa- go like rush over to the mini fridge, grab um Greg's Pepsi Zeros that he drinks. Don't know why he drinks these things. They're disgusting. Uh, and then, like, crack one open and, like, wave it under his nose, like, smelling salts. <laughs> but yeah, as he's, like I said, as he's, like, as he's, yeah. like, cracking it open, there is a speech bubble that says, I don't know why he drinks these things. They're disgusting. It, it takes a moment or two. We get that lead up where it's, like, he might not wake up from this. And then finally, like, his eyes just open wide. And, uh, he, he's just, like, I guess, like, what, laying on your lap? <laughs> yeah, like, head and lap. Pepsi, like, under his nose. Bubbles and fizz coming out. Yeah, and the product placement for the Pepsi is super awesome. Like it, it's full view. It oh, looks yeah, yeah, yeah. delicious and crisp. You could tell. You could tell the comic now has a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Even though we don't in real life, no, but the comic totally all. does in game. Yeah, we, we don't. So Greg's eyes go wide, and there's a uh, small speech bubble from him that just says, "Thanks, I was kind of thirsty." You're the only <laughs> one that drinks these. Don't worry, there's plenty. At least I don't need to worry about you drinking them all no you know you could buy snacks for the rest of the office (laughs) (laughs) i'm the only one with a job (laughs) he just like takes the pepsi from you and takes a sip um he takes another sip and then he starts coughing no like it's an awkward position you're laying on your back you can't you can't realize that that. oh yeah he grumbles and you can help him like sit up and put his back against something 
Greg, what are you doing down here? Yeah, man, I've been working on a new suit. I know, but like, look at you. You're you're exhausted. He just kind of shrugs and takes another sip. And uh, without like looking at you, he says, um, it's what heroes are supposed to do, right? I am the prize. Been mind what's important. Puck will sit down, uh, kind of like across from Greg on the floor. Uh, I assume the the helmet's probably within like reach. He'll like reach over and like pick it up and just like hold it in his hands. And he's like, "I guess it's what superheroes are supposed to do." You know, sacrifices and all that comic book stuff. Apparently, we can't be kids anymore. Apparently not. The uh, you know, I I always thought the city needs recharge needs a hero you know like like you hitting the streets and when i say recharge part of me was always like yeah you but then also your super cool best friend who's hooking you up with really awesome gadgets in the background like you and me man oh um can i do a thing you could probably do a thing uh i have a move i am what you see Yeah, when you spend time talking to someone about your identity, you can ask them which label they want to impose on you. They will tell you honestly, and if you accept what they tell you, take plus one forward and either mark potential or clear a condition. And actually, this kind of fits in because the only condition I have left is hopeless. All right, yeah. Uh, I would like to use this move with Greg. Yeah, the the, the panel can be like Pep staring into the visor of the mask like his reflection looking back at him and the speech bubble can just say hey Greg I'm more than just recharge to you right he uh takes another swig of the Pepsi he uh looks at you you know and you you see him here it's framed like this is your this is your old friend Greg he's obviously tired but this is like the two of you are together again and he, he says, of course, man, you're we're part of this together. Like, the only thing I want out of this is for us to be heroes, to be saviors of the city, to do something that means something, you know? You're not just Recharge. Recharge isn't just a superhero. We're helping people. Yeah, I know. I just... Since the thing at the pork shack... I've just felt like maybe I should just be Pep. Like I can't be recharged. I don't know if we can really... Do both. <laughs> you know, be... be the, the kids we want to be and... Also help the city and help others... But I think you and I both know, at least right now, what's most important. And there's people out there, there's kids, there's friends out there, and they're being hurt right now. We can save them. Though I, I think the that uh, a panel of just like Pep holding the mask up, like covering Greg's face, would be really cool. So the uh, the mask is still reflecting Pep's face, or Pep's face in the mask, but it's covering Greg's face. Like that kind of that sounds really cool. 
So I think that's what the panel's gonna be, and then just, like, one speech bubble that says... We can be superheroes. Craig nods and finishes the Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> and then I assume he's an imposing uh, savior label. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's what he wants to impose on you. Yes, that is what I have. That, that I, I, I figured that out. Uh, and yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, so we'll do savior up and freak down. Uh, so that brings my savior up to a zero and my freak down to a minus two. Yikes. Perfect. And then I will clear hopeless and be back to full health for the first time in a while. Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to do one more thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flip my mundane and my savior. By asserting the mask? By ass- Yep, by assuming the mask. Hey, Matt, there's been a lot of label shifting around. What's your uh, current labels at? Current labels, uh, Danger 3, Freak minus 2, Savior 2, Superior 0, Mundane 0. Awesome. So yeah, we have that uh, touching moment. And is that where Pep just puts on the helmet? Yeah, there's a, um, let's see. Oh, oh, we could have a panel where uh, it's now like Pep sitting there, you know, cross-legged on the floor with the with the helmet on. And... Greg's now staring like into the helmet with the helmet reflecting Greg's face. And then uh, the helmet like lights up blue. And at that moment, Greg begins like picking himself up. He uses like a shelf to help steady himself as he's standing. And he um, moves over to the actual body suit that's on the workbench. And as he's moving there, he says, all right, let's let's uh, get you suited up. I I've uh, done some tweaking. I, I, I think this will uh, really help you out. But And he glances back at like the monitors he has set up um, with his computers and stuff that just showcase uh, some of the things going on in the school. And a quick glance over just shows everything's a mess. It's uh, a disorder, fear, and chaos everywhere. And Greg says, we need to hurry. Here, I'll, I'll help you put it on. Okay, <laughs> and then there's a uh, we'll, we'll do one last panel here with um kind of like the it panning out from the room, uh, and just one speech bubble where like Pep's just like, "Did you make this tighter in the crotch?" <laughs> Built in a cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna end it with that. That's yeah, fine. That's, that's where totally I wanted good. to end it. Great, Matt, uh, write this down somewhere. Because this suit isn't just for show. You actually are getting something extra through the suit. Uh, So the suit comes with an ability called Supercharge. It's uh, one use before it needs to be recharged. Wink, wonk. And I don't get it. uh, You can use it. (laughs) You can use it when you uh, unleash your powers. You can use danger instead of freak. Holy shit. (laughs) Use danger instead of freak for use your powers. Unleash your powers. Unleash yep. your powers. Sounds good. I, I imagine like we flip the page and the next page is just a full page of the monitors in the secret base showing things that are going on in the school. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to run down the list of other players and ask them to give me a snapshot of what's currently going on with your characters based on where we left off last time. You know, describe the scene. Feel free to get creative why don't we start with Alan, because Alan's always great at painting a picture. Tell me what we see on this page as pertains to Tate. 
Sure, so if you're seeing it from the monitor, it's going to be a camera above the door on the roof. So it's going to be slightly top-down. And it's Nathaniel and Tate are basically... Nathaniel's sitting on the ground and Tate is right behind him, almost back-to-back. And they're surrounded by this sort of uh, field that's very compressed. And it's just... You can see all of these shadows covering it, so you just sort of see them through it. There's fog and it's kind of hard to make out, but you see a brightness surrounding Tate, mostly because everything else is dark, and you see that mystical circle underneath them. Um, And Nathaniel is chanting. And I think on like the next monitor, just to uh, cut away into something different, we see an outside, like an outside camera on like the back door of the high school that shows the like haunted house tents that's uh we have going on kicking around behind the high school and i think what we see of importance from that is just all of these like shadowy actual ghosts funneling into the haunted house from outside just like phasing through the tent walls and stuff shit's going down in there and it's not pretty for whoever is inside alan (laughs) whoever was just left to die inside the haunted house because of decisions that Tate has made. Alan. (laughs) Hey now, I have hope. Yeah, yeah, you have hope. Let's uh, swing the monitor description over to Seth with Seraph. What what do we see in the snapshot or this page of what's currently going on with him? This is just going to be a um, front of school camera pointed down the street. The streetlights casting, you know, those yellow circles on the ground. And in a distant one, uh, just the outline of a figure with an ugly spray of wings around him forming like a ragged cape in silhouette. You can barely make out legs uh, sticking out from one side of the body, a head sticking out from the other, as if he's carrying somebody who's just an absolute ragdoll at the moment. Great. Yeah. And I think beyond him so further in the distance like down the road that's we see this monstrous silhouette running we also see lights from incoming like law enforcement vehicles starting to make their way to the school because this is a big commotion (laughs) at this point and I think definitely word has gotten out that something's going down at Horizon High next monitor focuses on a quieter part of Horizon High, a hall that doesn't have a lot of people in it. And we see walking steadily down this hall is the teacher, Mr. Splash. He uh, seems to have a look of determination as he walks down the hall and he turns down some stairs leading down to the basements, leading down to the hallway that's right outside of the secret base. The next monitor, we see what's going on with Todd. Alex, would you like to paint me a fun picture? So I'm imagining it's from one of the corner cameras in the gym up on top. So kind of like Alan's, it's like that top down, but there's a bit more distance there. You'll see this massive bird monster in the middle of the of the gym just scrawling. You'll see this, the shape of Todd, the hat being thrown across the room. And looks like he's picking something off the ground that starts to glow in his hand. Awesome. 
the following monitor, we see a familiar student only to the readers. Blonde. We saw her at the beginning of the one issue with uh, the memorial to that one teenage hero that died. I think his name was Quake. And she showed up in that intro. We see her backed into a corner in like a girl's bathroom as this disgusting looking shadowy actual ghost is just looming over her. She has no way around it. Escape looks impossible. And then the door to the bathroom blows open and the room is bathed in this white light. Fucking William. And the uh, outline of Little Miracle standing in the doorway. The uh, the, the last monitor that we're going to look at for right now focuses on Sky Valor. What do we see is going on with Sky right now? Well, there's a big hole in the wall. Uh, like this debris falling from the ceiling <laughs> all around. And she's just looking... She's got, like, face palm. She's like, oh, gosh, this is going to be a whole thing. And uh, Lexi's next to her, and she probably just, uh, you know, is turning to Lexi. And if if we're not doing audio, then she's probably just uh, turns to her, says something very quickly, and starts running in the other way. Perfect. I like it. Great. Just so I can figure out the direction this is going to go. I would like to, uh, for at least a brief moment, put the spotlight back on Matt and recharge after he's gotten the suit on. Um, I imagine that, like, with Greg helping him put on the suit, he has time to see what's going on in the school, to watch these monitors, figure out, you know, oh, hey, I recognize Sky Valley. That's what she's up to. What the fuck's going on up on the roof? Why are all the ghosts going to the haunted house? And what's Mr. Splash doing heading to the basement? Also, another good question would probably be, why does why is there a camera installed in the boys' locker room? I guess because that's where Sky Valor was. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Wait, you know what? It could just be that the camera was right outside and it was just like looking in. The door wasn't closed. It was an exterior camera, but when Seraph broke through the wall, it got unlodged and it's just hanging on by like a wire. Yeah, and it happens to be looking into the boys' yeah, locker perfect, room. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Glad we cleared that up. So uh, Greg's just giving you this uh, like techno battle about all the cool stuff the suit should be able to do now. At some point, I imagine he'll notice your attention to the monitors. And then he'll just kind of ask, what do you think you should do? Oh, cool. It's a freaking telltale choose your own adventure. I like this. Who lives, who dies. Greg will remember this. Greg will remember this. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So, Matt, as a point of reference, um, as you're gearing up to do this, the uh, one monitor, you will see Mr. Splash. Like, you see him. He's right outside of the secret base. But then he keeps walking down the hall, turns a corner through a door and disappears. Oh, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Greg just, like, zips you up from behind, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what's that guy doing down here? He, he looks up at the monitor, uh, just catching the tail end of that, and he says, I I don't know. Where did he go? What is that? That's just all the, the mechanical bits underneath the high school. That's probably Breakers not... Breakers and pipes and stuff. Why would he be down there? Does he have a secret base down there? I feel like I'd know about that. There's only enough room for one secret base. 
what if he's behind? No, he's not behind this. I mean, his last name is Splash. Yeah, but like, we can't, like, we can't just assume that. Should I go check that out really quick? What about the people in the haunted house? Oh, God. Okay, Greg, I'm going to need you to do something. Is there, like, is there any, like, sporting equipment down here? (laughs) Uh, You tell me. What what sort of sporting equipment do you think would be around here? Uh, I think we established Pet might play volleyball, so there's probably volleyballs. I feel like he's also probably, like, a track guy, so I can't imagine there's, like, much. Oh, 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 there's definitely a wiffle ball bet. Okay, then yes. And then yeah, it's uh, so tucked away. It's gonna be it's gonna be the like the big orange wiffle ball bat though. The one where like you get some real distance on that thing. And I'm gonna grab that. I'm gonna be like, uh uh here. <laughs> You're gonna have to go beat up our teacher. What? Yeah. You can do this. Uh You're a hero. Okay. We're heroes. Alright. Right. Yeah. Okay, all right, I can do this. And he, like, rolls his shoulders and, you know, uh, like, snaps his uh, head to either side. Here, 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 here. will like, quick move over to the the uh, fr- mini fridge, grab another Pepsi and, like, crack it under his nose. He's like, inhale this. Get, get a good one. So we get, we get a panel of Pep going to the mini fridge, grabbing the like Pepsi. Zip, yeah, it's, like, zipping, though, like, fast. Like, the, the neon trail's back, baby. Right. And you open it, and you're, like, rushing on your way back over to Greg, only to find that he's passed out again. <laughs> well, what am I going to do with the? Okay. Uh, God, I'm going to set this down. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, damn it. I got to see what he's doing. Just really quick. I'm going to run fast. Okay, great. You're going to go chase Mr. Splash. Cool. We flip the page, and we find ourselves in the mean streets of Horizon City. Seraph carrying a, a slowly dissolving and wet Tyler Cadence. Seraph, you're rushing to the closest medical facility you can find. But as I described in the monitor thing, you see, like, straight shot ahead of you down the road, police cars are starting to make their way to Horizon High. Yeah, Seraph will run into the middle of the road and continue sprinting towards those police cars. Then. It's only a matter of time before that sprints brings you like they, they draw closer and closer. Tyler is still out like a light. He's completely passed out. Um, but as you're sprinting towards these police cars, if we do a little bit of a close up, uh, how is uh, Seraph looking? Is there anything going through his mind? Well, exterior wise, uh, Seraph's a mess. I mean, he did just, you know, grab a guy covered in acid and hug him to his body. His purple grimace suit is now just so much purple sticky mess just sort of dripping probably at this point like melted onto his golden body um i imagine his various eyes are blinking red in irritation feathers are probably a little frayed and he's probably huffing along with just this look of determination on his face no words but just running straight towards these cops with a very unconscious Tyler Cadence wrapped in, you know, gym locker room towels. And on the tail end of this close-up, <laughs> we see a beep boop a doop from his smart lenses that I guess haven't yet dissolved or <laughs> whatever. And in the corner of Seraph's vision, it says uh, incoming call from 
either Python or Seth, however you label him in your phone. He's Seth in my phone. Yeah, then it's an incoming call from Seth. Yeah, I'll accept. Yeah, uh, you accept, and immediately it's like, Hey, uh, where are you at? This is kind of a problem. Yeah, I'm running a melting pop star to the hospital. I'll, I'll be back as soon as I can. A melting... Uh, okay, yeah, uh, listen... Felix, one of the other manimals that Splice operated on, is uh, kind of lost it. He's attacking the school. All right, can you can you hold him off till I get back? Yeah, he's chasing one of the guys from the the, the laser disc match. But uh, Pitbull and I will do what oh we can. Oh my god, I have the manimals as backup. Yeah, just if it's one of the um, fuck, if it's one of the superheroes, just just let him know you're on his side. I think he'll get it. You get an incoming call at this point in this conversation, and it's coming from Natalie. Oh, hold on, hold on, Seth. I, I got to take this. Just good it's luck. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing. You just let me know. Yeah, I'll I'll let you know when I'm on my way back. Just hold him off. And, uh, that call ends. Yep. Uh, Natalie, are you okay? You say that, and you don't hear her respond, but you hear shuffling around. You hear the zipping of a zip tie, and you hear uh, an unfamiliar voice say oh now isn't this simply delightful it's been so long since i've had a good captive tell me are you comfortable do you want a snack i can go fetch you something from one of the vending machines if you want just make yourself at home we're waiting for the grand finale and uh you hear muffling coming from who you can only assume is natalie Uh, natalie can you give me any hint as to where you are Anything? Can you get a monologuing? Now, now, there's no need for those puppy dog eyes. You don't need to look so sad. After all, you have a front row seat to a little operation that I am calling... How to Kill a Valor. The name is still obviously a work in progress. Maybe you can help me workshop that while we're waiting. Natalie, can you, can you bump against anything? Let me know where in the school you are. And uh, what you hear while listening, just so I can kind of reframe this a little bit, is uh, this mysterious person on the other end say, Oh, what's that? Are you starting to tear up? There, there, it's okay. I mean, sure, you might die, and that's kind of a bummer. But, listen, if it makes you feel any better, you're very important to me. A very important piece of a big puzzle the likes of which you'll never be able to understand because dead people aren't very good at putting together puzzles and natalie is just like "Mm, mm, mm, mm." and the scene goes on but as the scene goes on we see that the uh the, the police cars that are approaching you that you're running towards are pretty much there at this point oh wait and sorry just uh I had a thought. Can I force a video call? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't see why not. I don't know if she uses lenses or not, but like, even if her phone's on the floor, just a quick look around would be really helpful. I I think she has an actual handheld device. I vaguely remember describing it at some point. Or she was on the benches looking at a phone-like device. Yeah. But yeah, if you uh, like open up the option for a video call, we'll just say that it was already like a video call, um, but it's all black. There's no feed. Like, it's probably in her pocket. At that point, 
um, while you're listening in, we see the police cars, like, approach your position. There's, like, three of them, we'll say. Two of them immediately and swiftly just peel off to the side and go around you. The one in the middle stops on a dime, like, maybe three feet in front of you. You're just bathed in, like, the headlights of this police vehicle. <laughs> yeah, Seraph will stop running and just uh, yell just as loudly as he can. This kid needs help. He needs to get to a hospital now. Over uh, you yelling that from, like, a speaker integrated in the car, you hear, Put the body, or, yeah, put the body down. Raise your hands. It says, Horizon PT. <laughs> you must comply. Yeah, I'll slowly lower uh, Tyler Cadence to the ground. Hands and wings all go up in the air. Probably at this point, like, shredding more of this grimace suit. So you know, Scott's just standing there half naked in the street. And uh, he'll just yell out, please, I need to go back to the school, and he needs to go to the hospital as fast as possible. The doors to the vehicle open, and two police officers come out. They're, they're dressed for confrontation. I would imagine that in this futuristic society where stuff like this happens, law enforcement, when responding to ridiculous threats, have at least appropriate gear to deal with some amount of superhuman capabilities. So so they have some, like, body armor and some futuristic, like, weaponry at their side. And they do come out very much trained on you, two guys. They both begin, like, skirting around you. And one of them begins talking at you, not really listening to what you had just said. Stay calm. No one needs to get hurt. We will need to detain you. You understand how suspicious this looks. I, I know, but my friends are in danger back at the school. I need to get back there to help. He shoots a glance over to his partner, who's, like, circling you at this point to actually, like, put some sort of cuffs or binding on you. Not getting super close right now. They're still, you know, kind of assessing the situation on their own end. But he shares this glance with his partner, then looks back at you. And we once again just see this horrific display of a burnt-up Tyler Cadence at your feet. And you're just <laughs> gross. You're gross. You're disgusting. <laughs> the guy you're talking to says... What happened, and why should we believe you? The school's under attack. I don't know by who. Uh, he got doused in acid, and man, looking like me, you shouldn't believe me, but my friends are in trouble, and I gotta help. He um still looks at you a bit suspiciously. How I think I would like to resolve this is... I know provoking's a strong word, but you're trying to get them to understand the situation to, like, let you go regardless of how weird you look and how suspicious the situation actually looks. So I would like to call for a, a provoking someone roll. Yeah, makes sense. Which is basically say what you're trying to get them to do and then roll 2d6 plus oh, superior. I don't have much superior. Oh no. Floor dice. Floor don't dice. Count. Never do. Never have, never will. Oh gosh. Oh no. Everything's falling. It's fine. You, you can't hear this. Found it. Here we go. All right. Take two. All Take right. two. That never happened. We'll cut that out. Yeah, sure you will. How, How embarrassing. Ooh, okay, that's a four. That's a four? Yeah, that's just a straight-up fail. So congratulations. Please, please tell me he gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, step one, you do get potential. That's five potential. <sighs> which earns you an advancement, which... I I think we've talked about what you're going to take. I'll let you save that for a dramatic moment, and we'll discuss that more. Honestly, this may be a dramatic moment. We'll see. <laughs> it might be. 
Yeah, the, the the guy you're talking to, he he looks at you. He hears the words you're saying. I almost picture him like having one of those like Judge Dread like helmet masks. So like you just see the lower half of his face, and he's just not buying it. And he gives this one quick look to his partner and nods, um, and then looks back at you and says, "We're gonna ask you more questions about what's going on, but we have to ask you to stay put and comply." And the other officer moves on you to basically handcuff you. Flashback to a slightly younger Scott, Natalie on the ground, yelling at him to just jump. He can fly. Of course he can fly. Smashing into the ground. You know, a little bit of blood left on the cement in that warehouse. Go over to his morning wake-up routine. Him looking at himself, again, two years younger than he is now. These massive wings coming off of his hips, you see, for the first time. Flashback to the warehouse. Another impact on the ground him slowly wrapping one of these six-foot wings around his leg. Uh, Flashback to the warehouse, another impact, a crack beginning to grow where his head keeps smacking into the cement. Him taking a belt, tightening down the wing. Another impact, the crack is growing. Tying up the other wing, another belt. This one looks older, as if time is passing. This is not something that happened one day or two days. This has been his life for the last two years. Another impact on the ground. The crack is now massive where his head keeps smacking into it. And then him just putting on his pants and putting on his wig and his mom calling him down for school. Yeah, so the remnants of this Grimace suit around the legs will start, like, stretching and straining. Uh, Like there's a, if there were sound uh, words, there'd be like little creaking noise coming from it. And then from that leg area, these pants just explode off of Scott. These two massive wings, each like, six feet long coming off of his hips a region of his body we've never really exposed before just flare out into the headlights of this cop car leaving Scott standing there very much naked and exposed the first time he has just been this angelic being and he'll say no and flap once rocketing into the sky fucking awesome <laughs> that's great so what's the advance what's the actual advancement you you took just for the people who are following along with the rules at home uh i took uh an advancement called mutate further revealing two additional abilities one being impenetrable armor the other being um alien wings so what you're saying is that you're invulnerable and can fly now Cough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess uh, I guess you could say I'm the um, the Martian Manhunter to our Superman. Someone's oh, you're copying. Sky, you're no, Sky Seraph. Sky Seraph. Now we have to be best friends. So yeah, you begin bolting into the sky. What I'm going to ask you to do, just to see if you can escape the situation unscathed without any further complications, I'm going to ask you to make an Unleash Your Powers check to overcome this op- obstacle. Absolutely. Uh, that will be a nine. Uh, seven to nine. Mark your condition, or the GM will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. I just got new wings. Make it temporary. 
<laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> rocket into the skies. Now, unlike Sky Valor, you actually have to flap your wings, I'm assuming. That's the whole point of it, right? Yeah. So I, I almost picture the flight, like, although the takeoff is probably super fucking cool and knocks uh, at least one of the police officers uh, on their ass. After the initial takeoff, it's nothing but clumsy. <laughs> like, you're a rock with wings taped to it <laughs> through the sky. It's like a bat that's drunk fumbling around trying to find its way through the air. Your destination is definitely back to the high school, right? Yes. So the first, like, third of the journey fine you're you're going up you know you drop here and there but then like the last two thirds it's just descent you're just moving at a diagonal towards the ground and you are definitely going to hit the ground yep sounds right cool so then i think the uh last panel we get for the moment of seraph's journey is these uh two other cop cars like pulling up to the front of the school they do this nice like slide and um police officers are getting out to like get control in the situation people are you know, trying to rush out of like windows and doors to get out of this hellhole that has become Horizon High. As one of the police officer looks to his partner and is like, "Did we bring enough men for this?" Then, like a meteor, <laughs> Seraph crashes into the ground and just like skirts through the ground, kicking up like cement and stuff between the cop cars to the front doors of Horizon High. And the final panel is the other police officer just looking at his partner and shaking his head and says, "No, I don't think so." Yeah, uh, Seraph will stand up, dust himself off, look around, see the cops, and then just run into the school. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with that afterwards. Because we flip the page. I think at this point we swing up to the rooftop to rejoin Tate and Nathaniel. Tate, tell me a little bit about how it's going up there. So Nathaniel said that he basically was almost done, and so the shield that Tate made had slowly shrunk under the assault and he looks awful because the big bad was just like well you can watch me kill your sister and is sort of sending visions into his head of the haunted house getting attacked by ghosts and this is a school full of like people who are some of whom have superpowers and some of whom want to be heroes so he's like all right like i'm hoping she'll be okay but also he wants this to wrap up so that they can just book it. And the scene itself is incredibly dark. So like his face is kind of twisted and you can tell that he's worried and kind of like angry at everything that's going on. But because he's actively using his powers right now, everything around him is faded except for his eyes, which are glowing gold. Perfect. Focusing back in on that, we see because uh, he's holding the shadows at bay with his uh basically his force field superpower thing that he has yeah. going on right <laughs> yes <laughs> and um they're, they're just struggling to reach in and tear into both tate and nathaniel we can see just in the lapse of panels from the top of this page just that they're closing in it's a def- uh, definitely a struggle for tate to keep this up at this point and nathaniel's still on the ground um and his speech bubbles are all just mystical jargon Tate, from your perspective, you, you see that like they're getting close. This is tough, and there might be too many of them. I, I'll tell Nathaniel, be like, if you can hurry up, that would be ideal. I don't know how much longer I can hold them off. I'm not going to tell him about my sister, though. 
Sure. You said you're back. You're basically back to back with him. Yeah, we're he's sitting back but... to back. At okay. first, it was like a nice big force field, and then just the assault has gotten so big that it's just surrounding the two of them. Yeah, and you say that, and I think we see like he's still chanting, but he definitely like opens his eye and glances over his shoulder to see what's going on on your end. And from his perspective, we see just these these demented shadows. They're reaching out and they're getting close before they're repelled by the force field. When he looks back, he sees one that like reaches out to grab Tate's face. And it just it almost gets like within a foot of doing so. He uh at this point breaks his chanting, reaches into his uh trench coat, and as he does so, he says all right, enough of this. I'm not going to lose another one. And he pulls out this knife and slices open his hand and quickly draws this this arcane symbology on the ground in front of him that ignites and this vicious violet red light ignites from the blood dripping from his hand and the blood on the dagger. And he screams in pain as you feel it. There's this energy that surges into your force field, Tate. It overwhelm it like supercharges it to the extent where it has no choice but to expand. And it expands so rapidly that it blows out. From your perspective, it very much like disintegrates the shadows around the two of you. They're gone. And the two, you and Nathaniel, are just left sitting in the open air on top of the roof of Horizon High. Well, I'm glad that's done, but also no time to take a rest. So I'll I'll like reach down my hand and help him stand up and say, like, we gotta get to the haunted house because he's going after my sister. Nathaniel looks at you and you reach down a hand and he, you, you reach down the hand that he would grab with his now cut hands, but it's just hanging at his side. He, uh, like, awkwardly grabs the back of your hand by the wrist with his other hand to help, to have you help him stand up. He, uh, looks at you and just, like, quickly puts the dagger back in his coat and he nods and says, well... There's no time to waste then. And he kind of like takes the one side of his coat and swooshes it over you like a cape. And when he removes it, the two of you are standing in front of the haunted house. Okay, that's a really cool trick that I would like to learn. And it's at this point he collapses to one knee and he seems to be breathing rather heavily. How about you stay here and I'll go in there? I'll, uh, I'll catch up. Just need to, you know, recover a bit. Yeah, I'll pat him on the back and just rush in. And you can see it as you're rushing in. There's these spirits and shadows just lurking through and phasing through the sides of this haunted house, this tent. And you can feel just the bad spiritual vibes coming from this place. So I'm I'm drawing on my power. And so you can, again, see that warping of the air. And he's using it to just use his super speed to go as fast as he can. So, sort of like how Recharge has that neon light when he uses his power, I have... It's just black and white for me. Yeah, uh, especially since I think Recharge's section was not too long ago, so that visual comparison's pretty interesting when he was trying to run back from the (laughs) mini-fridge with the Pepsi for Greg. Uh, But yeah, you rush in, and you're just trying to look for your sister, right? Yeah. I know what room she's in, but I don't know where that room is in the house. I'm gonna shout her name and then start, like... I'm going to try to follow where the ghosts are going because I assume that they're going to go straight for her. And so I'm strong and fast. (laughs) So you do that and it doesn't take you long before you feel like you start smelling 
smoke. Oh no. Or ash. Or both. And it's at this point you realize maybe it's a little hot in here. <laughs> uh there's definitely gonna be like a look in his eye, like, uh-oh. And then he's gonna do his best to speed up. Yeah, and you you book it. You book it. Um it's difficult because this is a haunted house so it's a little maze like and the funny mirrors and all that kind of throw you off and there's those stupid like wobbly floors and pull shit like that and some rooms or areas don't even have lights in it so it's just annoying to get through to be perfectly (laughs) honest i want to say that like the view shifts from like sort of right behind him or over the shoulder to like one of those above views and it's almost like a mini map and you see him doing the maze and like hitting dead ends and going back and finding the actual route right and it's made all the funnier because by the time you find what you're looking for or find something of note, you actually have to go through the whole haunted house. It's like right at the exit oh my that God. you actually encounter something. <laughs> so we just get this, this slurry of panels showing him bumbling around this haunted house and like trying to defend himself from ghosts and stuff. <laughs> just like occasionally he punches them, which doesn't do much, but makes him feel better. <laughs> and it makes them a little bit angrier. And yeah, once you get to like the last room of this haunted house with the the big exit sign above like a a doorway or some tent flaps, you uh, see why you were like smelling smoke. And that's because like the back of this haunted house has started to catch fire. Like you, you come in behind the action. There's like a handful of these shadows like lurking towards an individual that's standing in the doorway that's standing in this doorway with the with just fire going around the exit. His hands are just covered in flames. And you can see the remnants, the very tail end of one of these shadows just burning up from a recent attack, just like disintegrating to the flame. Oh, good. And you hear him say, you want some more? I put you on the list for a reason, oh, actual yeah. ghosts! And he throws <laughs> this <God>. fireball <laughs> at another shadow. And it like it, it pierces through the shadow, but the hole it leaves doesn't heal up, doesn't reform, and it actually smolders. Of course, the fireball does pass through and like hits almost close to you and like ignites the back end of this room. Gotcha. I'm gonna go right up next to him and say. Where's everybody else? Are you okay? We should get out of here. Who the hell are you, nerd? Of course I'm okay. And he throws another fireball. Where are the other two people? I'm buying time. They all left. My friends, the babes, all gone. Awesome. I'm going to grab him and then we're going to book it. <laughs> no, no, they're on the list. No, I had this. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, there's like, now it's the same streak of light that's black and white, but it almost looks like we're getting a fire boost. <laughs> Oh yeah, because he's just whipping fireballs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm basically doing a princess carry. Or no, no. Like I'm holding him from the front, and his arms are just like over my shoulder. So I just imagine him throwing more fireballs behind us. Yeah, and he's just yelling, "This isn't over. You died once. I'll kill you again." <laughs> you can. Uh, why don't you make me an unleash your powers check to see if you can outpace the shadows with this dude's help? Oh no, <laughs> fucking Chad. I'm hopeless, so I have less a good time of this so that would normally be a 10 that's minus one so it drops to a nine okay so that's just a partial success 
You can either mark a condition or I'll tell you what goes wrong. Yeah, let's go with that. That sounds more dramatically appropriate. Sure. Yeah. So you're you're pulling in this light. Oh, I just remembered that he's a knight and I am the knight. And this is perfect. (laughs) <laughs> yes. So you're pulling in this life energy uh, around you to help you make a speedy getaway. And your good buddy, the knight, you don't know his name, is just lobbing fireballs behind you, just calling out to these shadows. And kind of in the wake of your motion, in the streak that you're leaving behind you, shadows are just funneling out of the haunted house. And they're moving quickly along this streak as if they're consuming like the residual energy you're leaving behind and giving a solid pursuit. You're outpacing them, but you're also pulling all of them out of the haunted house. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) It's okay. Chad's got this. (laughs) I'm just I'm I'm drawing them in. I'm narrowing the gap so that he can just blast all of them at the same time. And Chad's just at this point like, yeah, okay, I still got this lot more of you than I thought. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it up, Chad. I say like a thought bubble because I'm not looking behind me. I'm just looking forward because I just want to catch up with my sister and Mary. And so it's just like, you got this, dude. And I, I think as you're moving, we'll, we'll say like you've reached like this basically like the football field or near it at this point. And as you're running, you do see a few of these shadows just like peeling off from the collective behind you, rushing off to either of your side, but then like accelerating ahead of you. Like they don't really even care about you and Chad anymore. They're oh, no. just happy to be free. You see in the uh, distance a pair of individuals, familiar individuals rushing across the football field like as far away as possible from you at this point that you can still see because of course and it's sky temple your sister and mary and just rushing to get away from this mess the shadows that have peeled off from the collective that you pulled out of the haunted house are like beelining towards them um i'm gonna tell like i don't know your name but we have a couple of people who are flanking like aim at them and i'll try to like turn them around (laughs) I'm basically a mobile turret with Chad. Listen, Chad shoots who he wants, all right? But uh, yeah, I guess I could shoot those ones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he's going to take some shots, yeah. I'm going to try to strafe for him to make it easier, but like, yeah. It went from being serious and intense to now just being comedy again. Why don't you make me a directly engage a threat? Although you are working with Chad, it's a very awkward coalition Okay. Um, because you're wang jangling him around and he doesn't seem to work well with people. So, uh, like, he's on board with the plan, but in his way. Valid. So, directly engage a threat is 2d6 plus danger. Okay. I'm not bad at that. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> I rolled a two. Um, and I have a not plus nine. Or ten, whatever I would need. I have a plus one, so it's a three total. You find your new companions too stubborn. He's definitely, like, throwing fireballs at them, but the distance they have gained at this point make his, makes his accuracy, like, horrendous. So he's able to hit a few, but you're not able to steer him well, um, or at least steer him well enough. For whatever reason, no matter how fast you go, they still seem to move faster than you. And they close in on Sky and Mary. And what we see is the panel per- perspective shifts to Sky and Mary, who both look honestly scared. In every other panel we've seen Tate's sister Sky, she's had a straight face. She's 
a relatively reserved person. But here, she's definitely scared for her life. And she's holding onto Mary's hand, so they're in this together. And we see from their perspective over their shoulders, like, three of these shadowed creatures swarming in on them. One gets clipped with a fireball and, like, spirals out to the side. Tate, you rush as fast as you can. Chad throws a couple more fireballs. It takes a lot, but he does hit the other one. However, the third and last one closes in, pulls back this shadowy pointed arm, and begins plunging it towards Sky. Ugh. We flip the page, and Mary steps in front of the blow. Ugh. It pierces her in the chest, and Sky backs away as the shadow just collapses into Mary and drags her to the ground. There's probably going to be a really big speech bubble, but because of distance, it's not going to. It's going to look normal size of uh, Tate yelling out Mary's name. And Chad's just like a small speech bubble, just going, shit, shit, okay. And he like pats you on the shoulder as you're dragging him along. And he's like, uh, he grabs you on the shoulder and it doesn't burn, even though his hands is on fire. And he pushes you away, like in front of him and breaks your hold on him or tries to. You can certainly resist if you want. But he just says, you go, I have a score to settle. I'll, I'll let him push me. And so like, it'll, the perspective will switch because I feel like, He's been facing the other way, and so it's almost like we do a, like a reversal, and he stops and I keep moving. Yeah, you keep moving, and we do get a panel that's just showing you closing in on Mary and Sky, and in the background, Chadworth standing in the middle of this football field. The flames are now running up his arms, and the speech bubble in one panel is, as this huge horde of shadows is just closing in on him, his speech bubble starts by saying, I added you to the list. And then the next panel is, and I'm going to erase you. And he ignites into this rolling inferno (laughs) that is subsequently consumed and surrounded by darkness. I create lists. (laughs) (laughs) And I destroy Uh, them. I'll I'll come back and save him as soon as I can. I just... I need to check on Mary and Skye first. You uh, close in on them. And, like, the shadow is still over Mary, its arm plunged into her chest. She's not moving. And Skye's fallen on her ass and is, like, trying to pick herself up to figure out what to do. But what do you want to do? I want to, so, like, Nathaniel was teaching me how to use my power to see spirits. um, Because he said that, you know, life and death aren't that different. So I'm going to try to absorb the, the shadow. Cool. As you close in, it notices you, like pulls out its arm and it's ready to engage. It doesn't, obviously, it doesn't know what you're trying to do, but it's not just going to let you do it. Give me another directly engage a threat. Okay, that's a much better. That's 11. Oh, yeah, that's a full success. Tell me what happens, Alan. So, like, Tate is angry. He's like, this entire situation is upsetting, right? And he has been rushing here. He was afraid that he was too late. And in some way he was. So like he just rushes up and you see him just his eyes glow more golden than they have been before. And all of the color on the football field around him just disappears as he reaches out his hand and like basically touches the ghosts on like on the face. And you see the ghost just vanish into wisps just like that 
it was probably like in like striking position too. Like it was gonna like plunge its arm into Tate, and then it's just dust in the wind, man. And I think what we see thereafter is Sky just like looking up at him, just astonished, wordless. She she clearly has no idea what to make of her brother anymore. And then in front of her is Mary on the ground. And then you're like, the the color will sort of come back to him as he sort of kneels and checks and sees if she's okay. And yeah, you do so. And you can just see the costume that you made for her in the chest is soaked in blood. And she's not breathing well. And she just looks up at you, Tate. Tears welling in her eyes. And she just whispers something that's almost hard to hear. But you can hear it. She says, No one ever cared about me. And she goes still. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Chris, you ass. Um, I think, uh, like, there's going to be just a panel of silence. Where, like, everything is still... You just see her on the ground in his arms. And then he's going to... Like, gently... Hand her to Sky. Before you start... It's definitely everything still. But you're looking down at her. And in these final moments, like, she may not have been a good person. You know... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Tate would call her evil either. She definitely doesn't deserve this, right? No, absolutely not. So what we're going to do, Alan, is we're going to mark your doom track. Because your actions has resulted in an innocent getting injured. Ah. And I believe that fills up your doom track. It does. Which means, uh, for those keeping score at home with the doomed, when their doom track is filled up, they uh, pick a new doom sign and erase their doom track. You, you can hold on to this for a little bit until we finish the scene, or if you have a dramatic reveal, you can bring it up organically in-game. I'll hold it off, or I'll hold off saying what I'm picking for now, because it's not going to necessarily be relevant right at this moment. But it will be soon. And I think just like, in all the panels that I'm going to give back to you to describe on what happens next, there are these familiar, jagged, awful speech bubbles that just say things like, Ew. Are a destroyer. I will burn everyone around you. Also, market condition. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm totally guilty because that, like, I was so close, and it's definitely my fault that this happened. So, yeah, you you see, like, well, you can't see Tate's face. Maybe we'll get it. You can hear it a little bit in his voice. But, like, he will say very gently to Skye as he hands over Mary, like, please look after her. And then he stands back up and you get that same, like, warp in the air like it was when he killed that ghost. And he rushes back to where Chad is fighting all of these ghosts. Yeah, you just see this dark streak going into this giant inferno. 
Wonderful. Then, uh, Alan, last question. Uh, I may just cut it so it can happen organically, but do you know what Doom sign you're taking? I do. Uh, it's, it's not relevant right now, but I'm taking Portal. Oh, that's the one that just lets you say, oh, I'm in this scene now. Yep, I can, I can mark a Doom sign and appear in any scene that I want. I love that one. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Which is like, I'm already in the scene I need to be in, so it's no longer like immediately useful, but it will be once we resolve this one. And it's convenient because Nathaniel just did that for us. And so it's like, yeah, now I can do it too. Yeah, funny that, huh? Cool, cool. Alex, why don't we jump right into the middle of the action? Can you paint me a picture of you just fighting this thing? Like, where do we pick up from? So if it's in the middle, if we're just like skipping to the middle of Todd's fight, it's going to have like everything around has been like destroyed. The bleachers are wrecked. Any semblance of like, tidiness that there was in this gym completely gone he's panting he's got cuts all over him maybe one arm just hanging kind of limp at his side the bird maybe looks like tired but it's it's obviously winning this fight overall he's got a one of the a bar from the broken baseboard from what uh Sarah, what scott broke he's got that in his usable arm right now just the thought bubble above. I wish those other guys were here right now. <laughs> yeah, and like the the immediate next panel is this bird like monstrosity just like swooping down and maybe Todd narrowly avoiding a blow or something. Oh, uh, just diving to the side, bouncing off the ground a bit. Because this is the laser disc arena, there's like remnants of smoke. Like one of the fog machines has just like kicked on accidentally. And you can see, like, few, like, lines of lasers cutting through the arena. Very dramatic. Super dramatic. So in in some of these panels, we, uh, like, see from Todd's perspective just, like, a bird-like shadowy outline in the fog swooping around. Yeah, just its eye really shining through. Yes, yes. And it's just making these horrific scraw sounds as it's trying to bury its uh, beak into like your chest. Your soft bits. My squishy bits. Yeah. Uh, So just after this narrow escape, it swoops into the fog. Todd, you lose it for just a second. And then all of a sudden, you you almost like feel the air and fog moving around you from above and looking up, the shadows descending on you. Like talons first. What do you do? Well, it's obvious. I'm going to teleport away. (laughs) <laughs> but in doing so, I would like to try something. I would like to use the my are you watching closely move. I mislead, distract, or trick someone. I roll plus superior on a hit. They are fooled for a moment, and I get to choose from a list of stuff. I would like to flavor my use of powers into getting me into a position where I can grab one of the laser discs using the fog to cover me to try and distract it with the movement. Okay, yeah, I like that a lot. I think that definitely triggers the move, so you can roll me 2d6 plus superior. Let's see what happens. Blammo. <laughs> that's a 13. Well, that's a full success if i ever seen one. Let's see, on a 10 plus, you choose three. I would like to see the weakness or flaw that this bird has. Gain an opportunity to exploit said flaw, and obviously have the bird be confused for a time. Okay, then you... I teleport away like at the last minute baiting the attack essentially and when you reappear and you get a better look at this bird-like creature the uh weakness you expose 
or the weakness you're noticing now, having engaged with this thing for a little bit and having learned a little bit on how to like mislead it, is that although it's a bird-like human, it seems to be, as you probably already have guessed, completely out of its mind to the extent that you think it's probably easy to trick and mislead as long as you appeal to like base instincts. There seems to be very little like rationality floating around this creature. And I think the confusion on its part hits when its talons connect with the ground and they probably get stuck for a minute. It certainly wasn't expecting you to teleport and it doesn't seem to understand that you've teleported. In that confusion and with that information, you have an opportunity. This creature's wide open. Well, hot diggity, I think it's time to directly engage a threat. I do believe that would be the case. So uh, that's 2d6 plus danger. Now, because I'm me, I have to ask, with this opportunity, would I get a plus one forward to this roll? I was just going to say, go ahead and take a plus one on this one. That is a nine. So I get to pick one. Oh, oh, wait. No, I get an extra plus one. That makes it 10. Yes. There you go. Okay, what a payoff. (laughs) It really fucking did. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, so uh, you get two. uh, You trade blows, but you get to pick two from the list. So I obviously want to resist his uh, or avoid his blow. So as he's going to come up with like a wing or come up to grab me as I come as I go for my attack, I'm going to agilely dodge to the side to get a to strike with the bar I still have and maybe go frighten the opposition. It didn't expect this movement. It didn't expect me to be able to dodge in the shape, the state I'm in. And I just come up and just bash it as hard as I can with one arm. So uh, painting the, the scene as I'm, as I'm picturing it, like Todd teleports, he's off the side, he's rolled, rolled away, comes back in. It's looking around. It's confused. It's claws stuck in the ground. Todd takes a moment to see that it it doesn't notice him. He just books it, running low in the fog, trying to be as stealthy as he can with his approach. He comes up on it and he goes for the swing. The bird, he turns to the left, sees him and goes to strike at him with like, he goes to strike at him with his beak, you know, just go for that plunge into the chest to just try to end this. Todd will just roll across the head as it goes. It gets right right near its target. Maybe even ripping ripping the overalls he has on taking one of the uh the cuffs that link it over the shoulder off and just come and just this thing's jagged so we just stabs it into his into its side yeah and works without a hitch goes off perfectly and this thing screeches and immediately like pulls away from you yeah, it's just like a natural reaction because you said you were frightening it. So yeah, it, you hurt it and it just pulls away. You're biting back uh, much harder than it probably thought you could. And it pulls into the air and it starts going ballistic. It's doing this like pain scream and it starts thrashing around the laser disc arena, knocking down rubble and light fixtures that weren't already knocked down from Seraph's display earlier. And it's going bonkers in here, destroying what structural integrity this room has left and Todd is at this point you see out of the corner of your eye walking in through the doorway is Robbie who like walks in he's a few feet into the room and he's like looking over at you Uh, his like fists are balled up like he's actually gonna do something (laughs) 
Um, Ooh, or, fuck it, he has like a chunk of rock in his hand, like he's actually gonna do something. Um, but when he sees this bird man breaking the room apart, he just kind of stares wide-eyed at it, like a deer in headlights. Yeah, this room's probably gonna come down. Oh, first instinct, I can't let my buddy get hurt. I gotta get Robbie out. Would you like to defend Robbie? 100%. How you doing it? So, uh, he just came in. If it looks like there's... There isn't enough time to really get both of us out, Todd would ha- would go for the true blue savior thing and try and just get Robbie out, even if it causes him to not be able to uh, escape or even take some rubble falling on him. So we'll say that like a light fixture above the uh, doorway that he walked into just like snaps, like the bird man like swings by, clips it with his wing um, and it snaps and it's falling towards Robbie. You're basically going to like shoulder check him out of the way. Yeah, just Robbie, get no just run <laughs> cool then yeah we'll do a defend roll me 2d6 plus savior well the good thing is i get to mark potential finally oh no bad thing is matt's gonna be pissed <laughs> robbie no i got a two because i have minus one yikes we're both getting the light fixture on us <laughs> yeah todd you you move like you're moving quick um i imagine like you even teleport in brief moments you know just like naturally um or maybe it's because you're not teleporting right over to his position you're so caught in the moment maybe your teleport breaks if you are trying to teleport and either way you're slowed down and just that fraction of a moment causes the light fixture to land on robbie there's this awful crunching sound either from robbie or from the light fixture and he uh, just yelps out and you can see him. He's stuck. It's like over his waist and he's stuck underneath it. And he's whimpering and crying from all the pain. Luckily, not flat out dead. <laughs> but I definitely think this makes you feel something. Todd, what condition do you want to mark? Oh, Todd is pissed again. This thing just hurt his best friend. Because I'm already guilty. I can't be guilty again. Can't be double guilty. Sure. You kind of stop in your tracks, I imagine, as you see Robbie buried under that. But the room is still falling apart. This Birdman is still going crazy. Why don't we uh, add another element to the scene? And you uh, you hear from maybe another doorway to the smaller gym, just a, uh, You're not so tough. And glancing over your shoulder, you see this, like, chunk of building get thrown <laughs> at the uh, Birdman as Pitbull is standing in this other doorway having just thrown this like rock or whatever and it uh, connects with Birdman hits him in the shoulder he kind of struggles to stay in flight for a little bit and Pitbull just kind of like cracks his knuckles and looks ready for a fight what do you want to do? well obviously I'm going to take advantage of my situation and try and get uh grab a piece of debris so I can get a lever underneath this light so I can try and help Robbie get out of there. No role required. You can do that. You take the time to build some leverage and pry it up as Robbie's like helping you. You know, he wants out of the situation too, but he he's just a mess. You, you can see blood staining his, uh, his costume, which is just a Beerus costume, so there's not much to it, actually. It's his pants. <laughs> it's his pants, yeah. And uh, 
he's like he'll um like slide backwards using his hands as you're helping him get out from underneath the slight fixture and yeah from like the waist down he doesn't look great <laughs> yeah he's just this sobbing crying pained mess as he pulls back and he just like looks at you and you can see him starting to like drift in and out of consciousness no 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 he's gonna start just a picture and you get the little slap slap sound effect you gotta stay awake you gotta stay awake and every time you hit him we see a panel of him opening his eyes wider and I think in one of them he just looks at you and he says did did I help you damn straight you big you big damn hero and then he blacks out again and then a shadow descends on the two of you oh pitbull's here (laughs) and in the background of this panel we see pitbull just like throwing down with this bird man bird man talons pitbull uh tearing his pants his new pants (laughs) 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 and pitbull like leveraging like a really good uppercut on bird man they're they're fully throwing down and todd standing in front of you is python oh that dick from before who just like crouches down and says he doesn't look so good but neither do i i can get him out of here Tuttle nod stand up go and find like another piece of debris to just give it a few whacks against the ground to make sure it's stable it breaks he finds another one python will like scoop up robbie being as careful as you can imagine python yep. would be in the situation so not like super careful but like he doesn't want to wang jangle the broken kid around yeah he just much. eats robbie to keep him safe <laughs> yeah right into the stomach pouch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he he looks at you just before he leaves with robbie and he says don't let pitbull have all the fun get in a few whacks in there too that bird's gonna wish it's never been hatched just turn start running towards the fray yeah and python leaves with robbie and you run towards the fray and you can see like pitbull has at this point just like grabbed onto one of birdman's wings and is just preventing birdman from flying away what do you want to do i think best bet is to try is to directly engage and just go for the other wing and pin this guy down however i can do so if even if that means breaking the wing that sounds perfectly fine. Give me 2d6 plus danger. Eight. And eight. You get to pick one from the list. Currently, you're trading blows with the guy anyways, so you'll both take a condition. I think I'd like to create the opportunity for Pitbull. Why don't you tell me what that looks like, and then tell me what condition you're marking because of it. Or because of the scuffle, anyways. So Pitbull's got it by the wing. It's got it down. But then it breaks loose. Starts fighting at him. Pitbull maybe getting pushed back a little bit. This makes Todd... Maybe a little uh, little afraid, but he's still got to do this. So he runs forward. He grabs that, that piece of the backboard that's still lodged in the bird and just digging at it. Bird gets knocked off its footing, caught off guard. And Todd just uses the leverage from that bar to grab onto it on its back and just pull its head forward as it starts thrashing with Todd on its back. Wonderful, yeah. So then uh, Wallace completely um, just like distracted by you jumping on the Hydra's back, (laughs) I think 
Pitbull seizes the opportunity at this point. He takes a quick step to the side, like he's been in a scuffle before, like he knows what he's doing. And with one of his meaty hands, he just kind of like brings it to the right side of Birdman's face and just drives Birdman and you along for the ride so that he can collide Birdman's side of the head with a wall. And it's just one crunch and then Birdman collapses. Along with you, I guess, since you're riding. Oh, yeah. Tell smack into the wall. You'll get that nice, meaty smack. Uh, Automatopia. He'll uh, start to pick himself up, but it'll go to a POV from Todd. You'll see the ring of black around his vision. He's like, oh, I think I'm gonna. And he just falls unconscious for a moment. Well, at the end of the scene. Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually pretty okay leaving it there. I think that's pretty good. With uh, maybe the last thing he sees is like Pitbull, like taking a step over and like just looming over him, seeing what's going on. Yep. The last thing we see is his torn pants. Cool. <laughs> Great. Some heart boxers showing through. <laughs> a little speech bubble that just says, I guess I need to text recharge again. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Great. Good job. Good job. That was an exciting fight. I like that. Combat is my speciality. So, yeah, I see. Has everything gone wrong today? More or less. I guess Recharge's scene was fine. Seraph's scene was pretty good. Everything else is terrible. Recharge still has some stuff to do, so he could fuck up too. But uh, yeah, let's make things worse. Let's go to Sky Valor. Oh, you know what's going to be worse? (laughs) Sky, last we saw you, you were hanging out in the boys' locker room with Lexi. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so what's going on through your head? What do we see turning the page? Well, in the monitor, it was, um, she said something to Lexi and ran away ran out. So to elaborate on that, um, what actually happens going back to that moment is, um, so after she watches Seraph leave, burst through the, the wall, and there's rubble falling from the area. She just has this moment of, oh gosh, this is gonna be a whole thing. So she turns to Lexi, and she kind of gives her her mental uh, notebook. She's like, okay, I have a to-do list. <laughs> her mental to-do list. Where it's like, okay, <laughs> There's a kid in the um, in the science classroom. And there's a bomb in the basement. And she just like turns to Lexi, tells her this, thinking out loud to Lexi, and then she runs out. It's like okay, Lexi's just like behind you as you run out. She's just like, did you want me to stop the bomb? I- I'm confused. <laughs> as she's leaving, she'll just yell, "If you can find any help, that'd be great." And I think she still has like her hands full of towels from when uh, Sarah was here. <laughs> Once Sky Valor's long and gone, she just, like, looks down at the towels and, like, looks at the rubble in the boys' locker room (laughs) and just, like, shakes her head and throws all the towels on the floor and, like, walks out. After that, I believe... So I would think that the classroom would probably be closer than the basement, so I think she would go for that first, thinking that that's something she could get out of the way and then end up in the basement afterwards. Yeah, and I think even as you're leaving the boys' locker room to uh, head off in this direction, you hear from the earpiece, Seems to me, Vala, that my party has brought in a few more guests than I've invited. What say you we cut to the chase? Let's get on with the show. How do you feel about a meeting, Vala? And he uh, points you out to a uh, like an intersection of hallways on the second floor. TikTok, Vala, time's wasting. Okay, so um, behind the scenes, inside she's actually a mess. <laughs> Just so you know, you know she's got conditions and stuff. 
but she's trying to hold strong. So that's kind of Oh, yeah. Hopeless and insecure. (laughs) Wonderful. That's the hero we need. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, it's been a little bit of time now throughout the day that she's been dealing with this. And now by now, she's just trying to sound strong. Okay. Yeah. So you you go to this meeting point and basically like you go up, you, you fly up some stairs and around a corner. And once you get to this intersection on the second floor, you round this corner and you see him all the way down at the end of the hall. You see him perfectly. It is Acid Splash, your grandfather's nemesis. Uh, the one that he's gotten so much renown for locking away. And the weird thing here is finally coming, not exactly face-to-face with Acid Splash, but seeing him in flesh and blood, is that he looks exactly the same as he did in all the pictures and videos your grandfather has shown you. Although your grandfather has aged considerably since those days, Acid Splash has not. Jeez. Still appears to be somewhere in his upper 20s, maybe. And he uh, he's just wearing this, like, tight-fitting black t-shirt and loose jeans, but his skin has this the exact same green tinge to it that you've seen before in videos and pictures. His eyes are wide. The corner of his mouth keeps twitching, but you can tell he's smiling as he sees you round the corner. His hair, like a, we'll do a vibrant red to contrast with his skin, I guess. <laughs> he looks down the hall at you and he claps a couple of times and he says, uh, you'll hear this both from down the hall and in the earpiece. Finally, Valor, we meet. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Before you get any ideas on how to handle this situation, I should warn you. I know exactly how fast you fly. I know exactly how fast you can move. And in the chemistry class, just down the other end of the hall, he like points behind you. There's someone wrapped up waiting for a very, very skin cleansing bath. But of course, I'm here. And he holds out his arms. Waiting to be taken into custody again. So here's the question, Valor. You can only do one. I know you can only do one. Do you do the right thing or the good thing? Who do you want? And he watches you and smiles. What do you do? Uh, well, um... (laughs) If it's, like, between saving a life and booking this guy into jail... I mean, she could always just take him down some other time, but this guy's gonna die. And I think that's, like, the good thing to do, save save the guy. You hear a whispering in your ear. Remember, one of the things I'm good at is killing people. Lots of people. I have quite the track record. In fact, I think they're gonna name a cemetery after me. <sighs> Such a moral dilemma. I know, right? It's very complicated. <laughs> very curious as to what you pick. <laughs> Use laser vision to kill him. He can't make bodies if he is one. <laughs> yeah, but then but then the kid in the, the science classroom will die. I mean, I don't think that's, like, the good thing to do. It's not. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. But I did think about it. <laughs> Non-lethal takedown with eye lasers. You know, laser him just in the right spots. (laughs) 
Yeah, just pull off his kneecap. That'll Bad be guy can't be bad if he's lobotomized. <laughs> you can also attempt to pierce the mask to get more information on his plans and what he wants. This is true. Yeah, I'll probably do that one. Sure, if you want to pierce the mask. I mean, you're standing here, he's talking to you. You're kind of talking back or at least assessing the situation around you that mm-hmm. he's put you in. You can roll 2d6 plus mundane. 11. 11. That's a full success. So on a 10 plus, you could ask three of those questions. Um, I'm going to start with a what do you intend to do? Uh, you're thinking about this. You're thinking about how he's acting and all the stories your grandfather has told you about Acid Splash. And you're fairly certain that in this instance, Acid Splash wants to put you in an impossible situation so that no matter what you do, you end up tarnishing the Valor name. You end up failing and betraying yourself and your family. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, what are you really planning? Okay, so you think that this probably isn't the be-all, end-all of Acid Splash's plan, this decision, this juncture. You think that he's definitely invested in seeing what you choose, but after that, he has one more trick up his sleeve, and it probably has something to do with the bomb he alluded to earlier. Okay, now this last one. (laughs) Uh, There's kind of like two ways with it, because I feel like what do you want me to do would be more of a like what does he want so i could do the opposite or there's like a how could i get your character i wanted like how could i get your character to just like stop or to like not but like that's not gonna happen well you don't know until you try i mean i can't just say nothing (laughs) you know you can't ask the question me be like nope not gonna answer it fuck you (laughs) like there is an answer all right well i guess that that's like I don't know, take a shot on that one, I guess. Like, how could I get you to stop doing this? Uh, Would you like to frame that as you just asking him directly that question? Yeah, like, what would it take? He uh, cocks an eyebrow and the twitching in the corner of his mouth accelerates. And he says, well, I guess we can let people live. I've never seen a Valor beg before. Oh my gosh, he just wants me to make a mess of my name. Something fancy and fitting. Hands and knees renouncing your foul legacy, admitting to my superiority that you've been outwitted and that your grandfather is a fool. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He's so good. (laughs) I don't say this. (laughs) Well, thank you. I've been thinking of this for a while now. You know, being stuck in prison for years gives you a lot of time to plan. Now, no, this is a little bit uh, interesting, but is there a way that I could, like, take him down with lasers without killing him? Like, laser is his, uh, like, legs or something, so that... Because I'm thinking uh, of, like... 100%. Yeah, I'm thinking of, like... Because he doesn't know I have that, so I'm thinking of totally just, like you know, like, lasering his legs or something that would render him uh, immobile for the time being. And um, Absolutely, especially since I think in comic books, the idea of, like, laser vision, like, sometimes, sure, it can, like, cut through steel, but other times it just, like, blasts into someone and propels them backwards, like, force energy. (laughs) So I don't think by any means I'm assuming you'll kill him if you shoot him with laser eyes. The one thing I do want, if you go down this, uh, this path, is Madison doesn't know that that power is woken up in her. So this is a good opportunity to really build into that drama of like, oh, if only I had laser eyes. I bet he didn't count for that. 
and then being like, okay, now's the time to do it. Fully. All right. My dad's been training me with this. I've, I've literally been training for this in the like you backyard. Just really, really hard. Yeah. All right. So Maddie's there. She knows. So she has this like train of thought in her head where she's like, I can't let this kid die, but this kid will probably be okay as long as I could take him down. And then a lot of other people will be okay. And she's like, oh, and he wants me to beg and renounce my legacy and all sorts of stuff. And I know that nobody would be okay with me doing that because, you know, then it's like the bad guy won. And like, I'm not that that cool. My family's not that great. Like, we're, we're like, we at that point, we're just surrendering and we just lost. I don't want to be uncool. <laughs> well, it's just like at that point, it's like, my family's lost, we've lost, and stuff like that. So, if we'd show that we're not powerful, then, you know, I mean, he'd still be out there, too. And we're not gonna have the power that we did, and the influence. So, basically, all this is running through her head, and she's just thinking, okay, what can I surprise him with? What can I do that would be, that would work, that would you know, save my family's legacy and take him down. And she just thinks back to her training and how her grandpa, her, no, how her dad taught her to squint really hard. And she just stands there. Like, she's been deep in thought this, this for this moment. So she closes her eyes and she squints really hard. And Acid Splash is probably totally, like, super confused as to what she's doing. Like, maybe migraine? I don't know. Uh, He's just, like, what are you looking at? Do I have something on my face? Squints even harder. Squinting intensifies. <laughs> and, um, and then, like, I don't know, like, little bits of, like, smoke coming out of the side <laughs> of her eyes. Just like, what, is she frying her brain? Like, is she malfunctioning? <laughs> does not compute. Does not compute. Yeah. It's just like smoke coming from the side of her eyes. And they're like twitching, just like the edges of his mouth were twitching. Like her eyes are just twitching as she's squinting. And then all of a sudden, her eyes gl- glow red and she just directs it directly at Acid Splash. And she just says, "Yeah, I don't, I don't like any of those options. Let's go with option D." There were only two options. Okay, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> oh my god, eye lasers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with option D. <laughs> yeah, just- yeah. I definitely think like she says that as we see the eye lasers shooting out and the small speech bubble he from him as he's realizing that you're shooting him with eye lasers is just like there were. There were only two options. Now. Oh, <laughs> eye lasers. That's bam. Here's the thing. I'm assuming you're like in the process of like turning to go to the chemistry class to like save this person that he allegedly set up, right? Uh, probably after he's like down. You uh, then fine. You get to watch full view as I know this is going to sound cheap, but I promise you this was the plan all along. The eye lasers pass right through him and he shimmers like a hologram. What the? And there's laughing in your ear that says, Well, I guess you're full of surprises, aren't you? Go ahead and save your hostage. I'll plan better next time. And he just starts saying, Tick, talk, tick, talk. Oh my god, that was so good. She doesn't say that. I'm saying that. Damn. <laughs> in her head, it's just like, Is this what having a nemesis feels like? This is awesome. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I mean, she's still scared. She's like, oh, God, I didn't take him down, and now he knows I have that. So she'll save the hostage, or try. You can certainly swoop over to the chemistry class, like, probably busting in through the door, I imagine. Yes. And you'll see it's super hokey and villain-esque, but, like, you don't even know how he had time to set this up or where this any of this came from. But there's, like, a pool, like a baby pool. Not a baby pool, it's relatively deep. There's just, like, this large plastic container. And you can smell it. It smells like chemicals in this room. And, like, dangling above this container on a chair is a teenage girl that I don't think you've ever met. Like, just bound and gagged to a chair. And um, it's lowering, like, steadily into what you can only assume to be a vat of acid. All right, I'll uh, try and uh, get her free if I can, if there's an angle where I could try to, like, un- untie her. Yeah, honestly, for you, is super strength one of your powers? Yes. Yeah, it's easy peasy. Just no tear rules through required. it, tear through the bind. You can just, like, yeah, you can rip off her, her bindings and basically just take her from the chair mm-hmm. as the chair descends into the acid and is, like, instantly melted. Damn. It just disintegrates and burns up in the acid. And I think as you're holding this girl and you free her, like she's uh, gagged, I want to jump real quick over to Seth with Seraph. Uh, Seraph busted into the school after that crash landing. Was his intent to try to find Natalie? Yes. Can you describe to me how we go about, how he goes about that? Do we see panels of him just like checking classrooms and trying to think this over? I know there's a drip. So like the first thing he would do would be like, barging into the girls' locker room. You know, the closest spot to that hole in the wall he made. You know, nothing. Uh, next frame, c- crash into, like, a utility closet, looking at, like, a drippy um, spigot. I got it. The The girls' locker room? You bust into there, and nothing. You pull back, you're already thinking of where to go next, and then walking out of the boys' locker room is Lexi, who just looks at you. Oh, yeah. But her just... Uh... uh did you get bigger new haircut <laughs> and she like backs away just a little bit no have have you seen natalie who Nat small she shakes her head <sighs> only things i know is that there's a bomb in the basements and someone in the chemistry class chemistry class bounds up the stairs nice talk and she just like <laughs> meanders away. And yeah, Seraph, you bound up the stairs. You know where the chemistry class is. This is your school. Seth, I, I feel like you're picking up what I'm putting down, what I'm building mm-hmm. to. Can you tell me? Can you take the leads on this? Like, build the drama as you get into the chemistry class. What's going on? Sort of running around, uh, skidding to a stop in the doorframe from the point of view of like behind. Natalie and Sky looking towards the door. Seraph's there, very much in the shadows of the hallway, seeing Natalie having been rescued, being unwrapped by Sky Valor, however, you know, roughly and quickly. And he will, you know, slowly remove his hand from the door frame. And the next panel, he's not there anymore. But there's a new, like, four finger crushed indent in the door frame. I think in the panel that he's gone and we see that a small speech bubble from Natalie from within the classroom just like says 
thanks for saving me. Just please be careful. My ribs are still bruised. She nods. I've got another panel. Two more, actually. Go for it. Light it up. Uh, another panel. Scott again running down the hallway, skidding to a stop by the uh, the laser disc arena, looking in, and everything's been resolved. You know, the Birdman is on the floor. I imagine Pipple's sitting on him at this point. Uh, <laughs> Todd is there. Maybe they're, maybe they're even talking or exchanging quick words. And he sees that. The next panel, he's gone from that doorway. And the last panel is him um, at the edge of the stairs to the basement, uh, descending into the darkness. Very small speech bubble saying, all right, what was that about a bomb? <laughs> Perfect. I'm honestly happy with that being the last panel, unless you guys want to add anything else. Works for me. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's pretty powerful. But yeah, I, I think that's it for today's uh, issue. Uh, does anyone want to say anything to the entire internet before we check out? That was so good. Uh, please like, follow, subscribe. Don't forget to leave a comment, a five-star review, and uh, check out the Dead YouTube channel. They got some funny Let's Plays there. <laughs> yeah, all the good stuff. That's it. What are you still doing here? Go home. Movie's over. <laughs> but if you just want to hang out, you should join Discord. We hang out there a lot. Ah, oh, fuck, I knew there was one I True. forgot. <laughs> yeah, there's one you forgot, Alex. Some super fan you are. Um, I'll just go kill myself now. <laughs> Amanda wouldn't have forgotten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so let, let's start playing a stupid game of teenage superheroes. But in the meantime, I'm going to go get some water, <laughs> which I should have done before, but I didn't. So whatever. We like these pauses. Yeah, it's great. Just take your time to refocus. To refocus? Was I ever focused? I've taken this opportunity to refocus the cat by giving him treats because he was noisy and I have recording to do. Oh, we like background cats, though. Tuna comes screaming his balls off sometimes through here, and it's just like, mm, that's going to get picked up. I think I need to defuse a bomb in the basement. You should do that quick before we start recording. The <laughs> <end>. <laughs> no, isn't there like a fucking classroom full of kids or something like that that's being held a hostage? Kid. There is no bomb in the basement. It's a ruse just to get the valor out of the way to make him look bad. None of this is an actual threat. It's just there to discredit your family. There, I've spoiled it for you. We'll cut this. Wait, but there is like a chemistry student? Student in the chemistry class. There may be a chemistry student being held hostage. The bomb is probably fake. Boy, howdy, would it be shitty if the bomb wasn't fake? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. It'd be a real shame if there wasn't a superhero art currently in the basement with no bomb threat. <sighs> that's, um, see, that's, that's the catch-22. If you don't respond to the bomb threat, it will be there. If you do, it won't be. Wow. Because this is a narrative, not a reality set in stone. Seth. No, stop it. <laughs> stop dismantling the system, okay? God, I Seth, know you. No, no, Seth. Your joy is built on our suffering. <laughs> Seth, why? We can't know how the sausage is made. We just have no. to know that it's made. I make the sausage. I am the sausage. I create sausage. You idiot. You idiot. Thanks for the sound clip. Oh, no. I create sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Hello, entire internet. Mr. Critically Occurs popping in at the end of the issue to say thank you for listening to Horizon Volume 2, issue number 14, part 1, surprisingly enough. Advancements. I hope you enjoyed the story that we told today. I know it's kind of on the longer side, but there was a lot of content. And, uh, well, thank you for sitting through all of that. So, as the title suggests, we have a part two to issue number 14, because there's so much content. And because Matt had a dip partway through session, so we had to catch him up, figure out what's going on on Recharge's end of the story. After part two, we only have one more issue left before we wrap up Horizon Volume 2. So if you listen this far, I'm assuming you're going to keep listening to the end of it. And I can't wait to hear what you think about this story. Please head on down, join We Roll Dice, not only to talk about Horizon, but to check out some of the other podcasts we have floating around and to join some of the tabletop games that we've run online. I know you like dice. Why else would you be here? It's certainly not for my charming personality. Catch you guys next time. Have a good one. You're a superhero.